Welcome to the OMR Podcast, where we go inside the minds of some of the biggest names in digital and tech. My name is Scott Peterson, and I am an editor at OMR. Today, we have a very special episode for you, Mike D. from the Beastie Boys. He sat down with OMR founder Philip Westermeyer last week in Berlin to talk about the brand new Beastie Boys book, Creative Control, Growing Up in New York City in the 1980s, and of course, the passing of founding member Adam MCA Yauk. The OMR Podcast. Please enjoy. Welcome to the OMR Podcast. This week's guest, somebody very special, um, <laughs> Mike D. of the Beastie Boys. Hi, uh, Mike. What's up? How are you today? <laughs> good, good. Thank you for having me. Um... We're sitting here in Berlin on a Sunday late afternoon. Mm -hmm. What brings you to Berlin? Berlin, well, what brings me here, what <laughs> yeah. happened was, uh, as a band, we, we've published a book. We've never done a book before. Beastie It's Boys book. Beastie Boys book, because we probably should have thought of a better title, but we didn't. So we've <laughs> already disappointed you. But, um, yeah, so Beastie Boys book, and uh, yeah, Adam and I spent way too long working on the book. Way, way, way too long. But we finally got it done, and now it's out, and no, here, sort of and here we are. And you're like promoting it, are you traveling across the world promoting the book. Yeah, so we're we're, we're sort of yeah traveling, it, promoting it, you know, doing things like that, and then also we we didn't get it, we're not getting a chance to do it here in Berlin, but what we've done in New York and Los Angeles so far, and we're about to do in London is we sort of put together these these events that kind of go around the the book that have where we present a little bit of like sort of Beastie Boys history almost like um like a, as a like a contextualized almost like a museum exhibit I mean not as pretentious as a museum but like a <laughs> you know a little exhibit uh, portion and then we we read parts of the book and we bring work music into that a little bit uh, with our DJ Mixmaster Mike so um, that's like a, a whole other uh, or another component that we have going on as well. So you're, if you want, on, on a Beastie Boys world tour, except for it's not the Beastie Boys <laughs> that yeah, we yeah. used to. Well, it is. I mean, it is in the sense that of the history and, um, and, and the story that's been told. But yeah, it's not the Beastie Boys that you know of, in terms of us. It, it, instead of us running around and jumping around like crazy, it's more uh, <laughs> <laughs> us talking about it a little bit. Um. Uh, what else do you, I mean, or maybe why a book? I mean, if I look at you and if I look at today's media age, mm -hmm. wouldn't a Netflix documentary would have been the more fitting media genre to document your life and, uh -huh. and, and, and your well, past? I, I think, that, I mean, that's something we've talked about as well. So uh, that, I agree. I think there's there's going to be other layers that we can do when we do that. But for the book, I guess, you know, that the idea of it actually started quite a while ago. Like it was like Adam Yauk was still alive when we originally talked about doing a book. And it's funny because it, the book came out of, it was sort of the reverse way. Like uh, Adam had this vision. He always, always, as kids, he always loved the, the Who movie. I don't know if you know it called The Kids Are All Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, you know, so it, he was always obsessed with that movie. Um, and we all loved it, but he was really obsessed with it. And he was like, at, at a certain point, he was like, you know, we need to do something like similar with 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 us as a band because we there's so many different archival appearances from here and there and concerts and whatever like we need to so he's actually started to get that together and when we were doing that we realized you know there were other books that had come out about the band but of course nothing from us you know so it's never we we just sort of thought this is our chance to tell our story 
that so much of what happens to a band, I think at times people don't realize is it's just the three of you or four of you in a room when so much of the history unfolds. It's not like other people are around. But so, so we're still like a movie is still in, in play. It could be also a movie at one, at one point. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what, what else? I mean, you talk about the BC Boys a little bit as a brand if you, of, of the past. I mean, it's your book. Uh, it's in archives. Is, is, is that the way you see it? Is that, is that a brand that's not active anymore? I guess I wouldn't use the, the word brand. It's not, but it's, it's, I think it's different in the sense that, or maybe it's similar, but maybe I just look at it differently in that. We, we have this very close relationship with people that, that have listened to our music and buy our music and, and have supported what we've done for a very long time. You know, it's like, a, it, interestingly, and we never imagined it to be that way, but I think what's happened over time is that our music is, you know, that's, and that's maybe more for other people to say, not for me, but that it's become, it's like kind of this integrated part of their lives, right? You know, so in that sense, we're this it's like we're this thing that they always go back to. And that's what we saw with like kind of the success of the book in the US or even with these shows, you know, the people that it's like that are coming back to it are people that it's like they've had this record and this record and this record or they've seen us play in this year and that year and then you know they're happy to come back to it. I mean you, you sound so so modest. I mean in the end you guys Are legends. I mean, you are the founding fathers of what is today hip hop, maybe, right? Well, you you wouldn't say that, but I can say that. I can say that. I mean, if you look at it, there's, there's tons of like artists that are the biggest artists on the planet these days that reference and you and say that we're like following the, the path that you've, that you've created in the 90s, or maybe in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s with your music um, at different time. But don't you sometimes think that when you see artists that are huge these days and they like share that they got inspired by you you feel like is, is that is that something that, that surprises you i mean you know that right yeah i mean i guess I'm, i'm i'm happy that we sort of we a big part of the book is we're trying to explain the context you know the history of where we come from right because we couldn't have made what we made if we weren't in New York City at this time. That was a really exciting time where it was cheap to be in New York City and you had all this different music happening from all around the world. You know, now everybody, ha we all have it on our phones. We can listen to any music, watch anything, see any piece of art all the time. But at that time, you, you had to be in New York City. New York City was a unique place, right? There wasn't, you know, London might have been cool, whatever, this other metropolitan cities that had different cultures, but there was no other place that had all of this incredible music happening all at the same time. All these DJs, all these musicians, all these artists, all just doing their thing at the same time. And, and now, I mean, you, you, you feel like, like when you see that some of the people that came after you, they built like businesses that, that they became billionaires, like the Jay-Zs and the PDDs mm -hmm. of this world. I mean, basically they are Using pages from your playbook, right? Creating something different than yeah, but I don't think I think it, like I think it's with with us. It's interesting because in your before we even started the interview, uh, you were you were mentioning it, and I and I, what 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 I immediately thought of is it's funny. Like with us, we didn't set out to have a a huge conglomerate or anything. It's actually almost the opposite because we we come from a background of kind of like more of like a punk rock aesthetic, and so the cool the cool thing with punk rock and also. also rap in the beginning is these are it was like music that no big company no big company wanted to touch it they didn't want anything 
to <laughs> do with it. So you had to figure it out yourself. It wasn't a choice. You know, you had the only option was to figure it out right. on your own and figure out how to make it work, whether it's making a flyer and letting people know, you know, you had to have that hustle. Whereas and 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 so our ambition wasn't so much to be huge. It was just to make what we loved making, but we also never had any problem with trying to to let as many people as possible know what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? We weren't like, oh, we, we, you know, we didn't have a desire to keep it, uh, I don't know, super exclusive. It's just more that we, you know, and we realized like pretty early on, thankfully, after already having like a bunch of success with License Illa, we, it was important to, for the three of us to keep it about the three of us and not be, you know, and really minimize the amount of control or influence that anybody else would have. You know, we realized that 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 autonomy. Uh, we we're lucky, I think, in that way. And that, but that also comes a little bit from punk rock. We, we realized, like, to have that autonomy, we couldn't keep doing what we were doing if we didn't have that uh, that that but, but autonomy. Isn't right? it funny that, like, I mean, you as the the, the grand start of everything, hip hop, everything rap, came from a completely different angle than today's like iconic figures they are like by definition businessmen they call yeah. themselves uh, yeah. entrepreneurs businessmen well men. i think that's that's what they're looking they're, they're trying to they're presenting themselves as that and that's what their their ideal is you know for us our ideal was just to be able to make stuff to make the stuff that we love making it, yeah to and, <laughs> and and then to have the business that that to uh, you know to to support not only to, to have the business that supports it but also to be able to control the presentation like i you know i know i get like some musicians i think don't love didn't don't love the visual parts of music you know they're more pure in terms of just working on the music side of it and for us we always looked at it like every chance whether it's a record cover or a ad or a or making a um, video it was always actually to us exciting it wasn't a burden it was like oh cool okay well how how what can we do to make this our own what can we do That's what, what do we want to do in this space? This is another thing we get to do, you know, and, and, and that way, I think the book was similar to, it's like, okay, well, how, how can we tell our story? So it's not just like any other book you'd read. You know, I think it was definitely, that was something that was important in our minds was we didn't want to make a book that was, could have come from anybody else, you know, that it wasn't, and that it's not like how any other band or, or musician's book But you, is. but you always like early on. You 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 did things differently. I mean, you did your own label, clothing. You did fashion. You then you 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 left a regular music label and and, and started your own one. Is that that's all the same spirit, right? Like controlling. Yeah, I think it's, it's controlling. And then as you become interested in in different things, you already have the foundation. Or you know that was that was I think one of the the. It's really actually I think in a certain way. I mean, it comes with responsibility, but it's, it just gives you more freedom. You know, like the, when we, with Paul's Boutique, we, we moved to California and started making that record with the Dust Brothers. And we were spending all this money, waste, like really basically wasting money on these fancy studios, you know, that are really expensive and going there. And we realized, you know what, we, instead of doing that, we can build our own studio and control that. And then by, by building our own studio, then that gave us, This, this creative like launching pad where if we wanted to start a magazine, okay, we already had space and we were able to do that. And then we just also, I think we were very fortunate in that we had other talented people, whether it was like Spike Jones, who's shooting still photographs of us and he just started to make videos. So he was around and he would come by the studio, you know, all the time and we'd talk about ideas and then just start making things, you, you start just shooting photographs. Jones before he was Spike Jones. 
Well, he was Spike Jones, but he was more known in like when we started working with Spike, he was known in uh, like the BMX, like more like the action sports world as just a still photographer. And he'd just sort of started to do pictures, still photos of bands, you know, so he had just sort of crossed into that, but he had, and he hadn't made a, uh, made a music video yet. Back, back to so, my original question. Anyway. So would you say Beastie Boys is, 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 is sort of like a, an active, um, I mean, you said it's not a, it's not a brand, but it's, it's still like a, it's a label for something. Is that still like active? Would you still develop it further? Or is it like maybe, is it, has it come to a, to a certain situation and you want to keep it there. Yeah, I, I actually think it, it, what's interesting is it took a while till after, like for first like when Adam died, it was just so, so like when Yauk died, it was so sad for both Adam and I. It was a thing of we couldn't enter back into doing things creative with what was there, even though there's still obviously a lot of archive. And now it feels like we're at this place of, there's a lot of, we we're really like doing the book was something that, It felt very good because not only were we telling the band story, but we were able to bring Adam Yauk into it, even if he's not alive. And really, actually, kind of for the two of us, appreciate you know our relationship with him and present that. And then I think then doing the book, then we realized again, like I said, with these live events, then it was like we had to rewrite things and and make it work for that. So now I think like looking at the next um, bit of time, there's a bunch of different projects that are going to happen over time, whether they're reissues of records or things that we haven't released. But then also, I think you're right. You know, I think it's at we're, we're part of what we're doing is trying to figure out what's going to be, what are going to be the best, what's going to be the best filmed way to present it. Because there's, there's just a lot of uh, stories and a lot of elements there that, what, can, what, that can be told very creatively. What, what else do you do these days? I mean, people that follow you, did they know you have like a, a uh, radio show, a podcast show on Apple. Mm -hmm. um, you do collaborations here and there. I mean, you you work with Mercedes, AMG. You, I think you, I saw that you did a, a back partnership with Herschel, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So like smaller things here and there. Yeah. Is that, or is that something that I'm missing? What else is, 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 are you doing yeah. these days? No, well, there's a bunch. So I mean, I think, and then I think that how all these things tie in is it's, it's kind of like the same as what I said when we were really active all the time as a band, we'd have, whatever it was a record cover, a music video ad, whatever. And so I think now it's been exciting, like with the book coming out, you know, we did this, it was actually for, a, uh, we did a, it was an anniversary of the Hello Nasty album. So we did a record bag with Herschel um, for the book. Actually, I did, we did a, a capsule collection with a brand called Fact, F-A-C-T, which is a U.S. based kind of, it's really, that's really at like the core of kind of like raw creative skateboarding and like it's a more underground company. So we did a capsule with them of all stuff that was just inspired images that were inspired from and by the book. And so, you know, it's just having that opportunity to try things that are new to us, but still fit into what we're, so what we're doing. And I think then, you know, with the partnership with, with AMG, what for me, it's a really fun space because they kind of back, The, the, you know, the AMG cars are just about high performance. So of course, yeah, do I love driving the cars? Yeah, but the, I think the thing, what's interesting, what's cool about the things that I've done with them is that they're they're allowing to have the space, whether it's putting on a museum show or making something else of just being creative, you know, and they're not looking to make something that's like fits their, fits their ad. They realize, okay, we're, we're, we're in business with them so that they can make something cool. 
But this, yeah. I mean, but you have you're not afraid to like be close to brands. I mean, it's not that important to you to like keep a boundary between the BC Boys and, and your work and brands. I mean, obviously you're like. Well, I think we're care we're careful about it, you know, and we also have to protect our name because unfortunately there's other brands that seem to like to use our stuff without um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making the partnership. But but I think I think we're 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 careful about it because you have to think you have to find things that fit and not do the things that don't fit. But if you if you look but at we're like, not it's not like okay we won't yeah I guess I guess we're not afraid of it because it's for us like if it's an opportunity to do something new that we're almost a little bit uncomfortable with but it's still staying genuine to us making it then we're very open to that. In, in, in hindsight, would you say that you were here and there maybe even too careful with the BC Boys brand? I mean, you could have done so much more. If you look at what Kanye is doing these days and what all these big yeah, name rappers are doing, <clears throat> they're like like commercial as hell and nobody seems to care. Right. Well, I think it's also a different time though now. You know, we came, we cared because of what we came from because we came from this very punk rock, very artistic background in New York City where, where to be honest, those opportunities didn't even really exist. You know, like the big commercial brands, hip hop was an underground music, rap music was an underground music, punk, dance were all underground music. So it wasn't like big companies wanted to, or brands wanted to Pardon. work with that. Uh, you know, you didn't even have that opportunity. So, so it is a different time now. And I think people, you know, yeah, it's just seen differently. The, the first, for instance, the first street style fashion label that I noticed that came also out of your sort of uh, uh, ecosystem was X-Large. Are you still involved with X-Large? Yeah, well, we sold it, but, but um, so, yeah, so no, I'm not involved, but, but yeah, that was a you lot of it. fun, but yeah, when we started with Adam and Eli, who were my partners, and it, it was a very exciting time in LA because it was a, a time where, you know, it was interesting because I think that was the beginning of streetwear in the sense that Like for Adam, Eli, and myself, like with X-Large, when we started it, the idea was, okay, there are certain brands that we like to buy, whether it's like Carhartt or Ben Davis, but we were like, well, what if we, there are things that we wanted to change in each, each thing, you know, so, so how do we start doing it? And it, and it was the same as starting a record label or anything else where you don't know what you're doing. You know, we just sort of figured it out as we went. And I think that's what a lot of, like at that time in LA was actually in the early nineties, it was an, an exciting time. For, for what, what kind of became the beginning of like streetwear, when basically. Me being you know, and now it's this huge business. But, I know. I but, too. you know, at the, when we started, it was really just about the, the expression. And then it, it worked out well financially in the end, but it was, you know, it was really about just having that. I mean, that if you, outlet. If you, if you look at what, what, what's going on these days, I mean, me being the marketing guy, everybody in marketing talks about Supreme. I mean, you should, mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And, and they, what they did, I mean, and now they're but, partnering. But I feel like Supreme comes from that same time. Exactly. And that same thing. And they were, you know, still, like, even if you look at the new Supreme film, I don't know if you went to, like, the premiere in Paris or whatever, but, like, they, they're, just, they're able to stay true somehow to core skateboarding. Do you feel like that? Well, I mean, as a brand, it's obviously huge. Like when people are waiting online to yeah. buy what they buy, I don't think that that doesn't have to do with core skateboarding. But somehow, as as like a brand with the skate side of it, yeah, like with the new film, they still like they 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 they're making the right film with the right kids in it. You know, it's pretty interesting. You you talk to James Jebbia once in a while. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while though. But but, but I mean, you know, I mean, I know him from New York from. You know, from like that time that I'm talking about, like the early and, uh, 90s time. And yeah, I mean, he's a good example, right? He started it, you know, it was like teeny. It was such a small 
store and he had you know union and you, you know first he was partners with sean stussy with stussy exactly exactly yeah. and now he has that huge label that's that seems yeah. to like be taken over the well, world it's funny it's a huge label not only that it's like it's interesting now to see how that's to me how that influences mainstream fashion exactly you know now you have like a big company like you know i was really like louis vuitton now there's like they hire virgil to be their creative director and then virgil when he does his first men's collection, he releases it like supreme. You know, it's he just just does a drop. I know. I you know, know, it's just something that doesn't happen in in, in high fashion. In high fashion, ready to wear, whatever. But I would know? I would assume all these labels they're also chasing you. I mean, who's who's more like the core of this scene and the core of this whole thing than you guys? I mean, like I feel like BC Boys. That's in in everything in Supreme and in X Large and in all these it's to see all these brands. Is that not like brands approaching you and wanting you to like? partner and then taking on the, the the bc boys brand and putting them on on other brands and doing partnerships mm -hmm. I, th i think the franchise were open <laughs> we're ready for offers <laughs> okay okay you get them you yeah. get them um uh when you see that like like the relevance of hip-hop and this whole thing has to in today's world i mean i know that you didn't see that coming and you just said that you didn't see that coming and it wasn't like you weren't aware at the time but you look at it now and like Let's assume you were very influential for that. Do you wish you'd have done things differently so maybe they would have they came out different than today? Do you? I mean, are you critical of what's happening today? No, I mean, I actually feel pretty proud of what we did. It's just I think it's kind of what I said earlier. There's different opportunities now than there were 20 years ago, you know. And so, do you care about this whole? I think yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Like if you came to like, it, I think what we tried to get across in the book or in the um, the performance that we're doing in London later in the week is, yeah, we are actually really grateful for the, all these different opportunities that we got to, of all these different ways we got to present what we were interested in doing. And no, yeah, and if, it, if now, 2018, it would be different because the landscape is totally different. The opportunities are different. And like you said, you know, we spent our lives of like doing traveling the world and going to places where people are like oh, okay well when when's hip-hop gonna end when's yeah. when when are people gonna be tired of rap music basically you know i feel like that existed for so long in the curve and then now it's we're at this completely other place where when rap music is the pop music exactly uh, when of, did it switch when was the moment that it switched i think it's gradual i think it started you know i think but i, I i'm trying to think i feel like in terms of rap music being accepted as a dominant pop music wasn't until really the, the end of the 90s, early 2000s was really when, like in terms of commercial force, I felt that then, then uh, you know, big companies, brands, whatever, just or just even just in terms of the public consciousness of how rap music was looked at, then it finally shifted to being, okay, accepted part of the main uh, mainstream. Do you still follow it closely? I mean, would you know like, Up and coming yeah, stuff. No, today. I mean I definitely like there's yeah, there's stuff. I mean I'm not I'm not like up on every SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> but but uh in terms of new record I mean that's actually one of the reasons I I really love doing my uh radio show or podcast that I do with Apple Music is that it kind of for, it forces me to because I'm not I don't want to just play there's there's old things that are new to me, but I'm I'm interested in playing things that are new to me, whether it's new things or old things that I didn't know. And so But but doing the radio show it's kind of great because it forces me to kind of keep mining through and finding trying to find what I like 
uh, how, what's out there. How big is the radio show? Big time. Big time. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I, I feel like I, I, I've been really lucky because I just feel like I've, I've been really happy with like, I have so many guests that have come on that I really love. You know, the format of it is we use it, music as the, as the foundation. And so we're, we're kind of like playing songs back and forth that end up in a way, being a way that people are able to explain themselves or talk or give a little bit of insight into their story because it's their relationship with different songs in their lives, you know. Do you sometimes think that, damn, why don't I do live music anymore? I mean, you look at the Rolling Stones, they're like, I don't know how old they are, but they're like still on stage, they, they travel the world as a band, and you feel like that's missing? Is that, is that something that, that you wish you still had? Life I mean, it was, look, it was a lot of fun. It's something we did for decades. We spent so much of our lives touring. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting now that that's like the main thing. Um, that's, that's basically how you monetize what you do if you're a musician now, which is different in a way. I mean, we did it for years, but the, it's different. It has a different importance now. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a hard call because, like, you know, I'm sure if Yauk were alive, we probably would still be in that position of trying to figure out if we were still having fun doing it you know we would be coming back together and doing it um every once in a while but i think on the other hand with like what adam and i are doing with having done the book and and the other things we have coming up it's like we actually get to do stuff that represents the band and it is coming from the band but is is like in a place that we're not comfortable with yet. You know, that's a new, that's in a new place. And that's actually to us always the more exciting place is to actually try and do something that, that we're not, that is new to us. I, I saw a video of you at a, at a huge festival. I think um, it's on YouTube and, and you were like there as sort of MC and, 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 and be on stage. And then uh -huh. one of the, once in a while you're like, like still singing and still uh -huh. like, still like really like taking on on the stage and it looked like you still have fun doing that yeah yeah um, definitely like like this last summer did like maybe so like pre i was at primavera in barcelona or other festivals and you know that i it's nice when i when i it, that's also kind of it ties in with both what i'm doing with the radio show and then also our history if i can dj and play records that i love but then You know, sometimes I just can't help myself. I gotta grab the microphone <laughs> a little bit. Any anybody there in in, in in rap music that you particularly like? I mean, that's a that you think is could be the the game changer if, that 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 you guys were like 10, 20, 30 years ago. That that you think I mean, that guy is different. That guy or these this I don't know. People have like a different spirit than just a very good rapper. Right. More than that. I don't. I, well, it's hard to say. I don't know in terms of becoming like a cultural force. I think there's there's different. Like I I like Danny Brown's voice. Like in terms of like an underground person, I like Travis Scott's voice in terms of like a much more pop mainstream rapper. I like Kid Cudi for his emo pop songwriting. But you know, there's different people. I like. I don't know if any of them. You know, there's so many different people. I like Vince Staples just because he's very creative and focused. I'm trying to think who's, you know, actually, I would say, like, who does a good job of just bringing all the elements together is I have to give Tyler props, Tyler, the creator, because they really, they did the thing with Odd Future where it was kind of like a Wu-Tang Clan model of having this big group that included all these different talented artists, and then that just became the, the launching pad for whether it was Frank Ocean or Tyler or Earl Sweatshirt or whatever, and then... Tyler really took that lane and, you know, really went with it and did, does the clothing line. and You know, and he's just very on top of it, I think, with his visuals and the music. And anybody that you think 
is i mean i mean uh, rap is, uh, is 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 your passion is your life in the end is there people that you look at and you you're afraid they're selling out i mean it's it's, it's they're like overdoing it no, i mean i think well i i guess i really i don't think it's for me to say you know i think i think to me there's always that element like pop music is popular music so and then there's there's stuff that sort of accidentally like ends up going into that place and i think i feel like we're you know beastie boys are are part of that we didn't plan on ending up in this popular place but it crossed over into there and that happens a lot with rap music and there's probably other people who really want to make hit records more and are really good at it you know and that that's you always have that i think in whatever kind of music you have those two things coexisting so you're not afraid no because <laughs> i'm not because i'm not afraid i guess you know as a band we're like i said we were never we never wanted to stay we never in terms of how we managed what we did the the idea was being loving what we were doing which i think that made it authentic by 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 loving what we were doing but it wasn't about holding back if there was opportunities we'd take those opportunities um if there's an open look we're taking the open look <laughs> okay um you used to be very political as a band and as a, as, as people um you still are i mean are you still like mm -hmm. involved like that yeah i think i think i mean i think with the band it was it was something that just in terms of growing up as people are evolving, we we got to see that our voices did matter or could influence people. So it just seemed weird not to use that. Um, so, you know, then it's like, you know, we didn't start being in a band so we could be on, on an awards show. But then if you're on the awards show and you realize you have the opportunity to talk about something and be clear about it, it would seem like a shame to waste that and not take advantage of it. But I mean, being influential doesn't seem to be that important to you. I mean, if I look at your social profiles, like Facebook, Instagram, and that, you you don't care about that game too much, do you? Well, I think we, I, I think we, we, I, we like the aspect of like communicating directly with people because that's what I feel like we always did. It was just a lot more inefficient yeah. in the '90s when we started doing it because you didn't. Now you've got these direct to people Perfect. outlets that 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 everybody's using. But at the time, and that's really one of the reasons we started Grand Royal, which was our record label and magazine and everything, was really just to kind of interact and communicate, to be able to put out what we want, when we want, and communicate um, with the people that were interested, you know, that were the audience for that in a direct way and not having to rely on another company or other companies to to do that for us. Right, but so, I mean, so today you should be, one would imagine that you're still like really like active on these platforms, really like taking advantage of, of today's opportunities, but uh, you, you seem to be like a little quiet or not so active. Yeah, I think, well, <laughs> we're not children. No, but we're, <laughs> you know, we, it's, yeah, I think, but I think it's like, I don't, we don't feel like we need to add more noise to the world. It's more like we, we want to focus on making what we're making and then use those platforms to sort of play around with a little bit in terms of getting that out there. But but it's not a strategy. I mean, limitation and being no. very exclusive. I mean, today in fashion, as we said with the Supreme, in these drops and everything, yeah. it's a strategy to like, you know, limit something and make it more, I don't know, sought after. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not an active strategy that you say like, look, we are more quiet. We're not out there like everybody else is on these platforms to stand out a little more. Uh, I don't know. We didn't think about it that way. Honestly, I think we're more, it's just that we want to focus on the t our time on making what we're going to make, not on talking about what we're making. And so it's, it's a little different. And you sometimes here and there you're like uh, involved with music. I saw that you did something with 
Portugal the Man, for instance. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that still like a big side of your life, like helping others produce music? Yeah, I, I mean, I like that, again, in terms of opportunities, I, I, I like being able to produce bands when I feel like I can help them refine what they're doing and help, help them, you know, make something better than they would have made if I wasn't involved. Like, I, that's, I guess that's kind of the lens I look at it. Like, when I'm approached by a band to so work with them, is like, well, can, can I really make this something that I think is going to be better? Can I make a better record with them than if they just went in with an engineer or whatever? Did you get yeah. approached a lot? So I do get approached on some things. I just I I, I have to be kind of choosy because I just don't have that much time. You know, it'd be different if I was just around sitting around making <laughs> uh, that would produce records with people all the time. But you know, I I have limited time, so I have to try to make it count. And Portugal the Man was the biggest one, or did I miss something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it was, it was good because the record the record did really well for them. Yeah. And plus, you know, I just really liked those guys. I was a fan of, the, I started working with them just really from being in a place of, I really liked the record before that, the one they did with Danger Mouse, and I was just kind of a fan of theirs. So, and then I was lucky in terms of they turned out to be very nice people. So you contacted them? No, uh, I had done a remix for them um, on that, that the album before the, before the one I worked on, and then they really liked it. And so they, I met them through that and they were they happened to be in new york and that's when we still had our studio in new york so they're like oh we really like the remix could we try we have a bunch of different ideas could we maybe try making something so we just sort of started working it wasn't even really a plan like we just sort of started okay cool let's come in tomorrow let's, let's see let's try and put some things together yeah i mean they must be lucky that you're doing that so yeah that, it was cool <laughs> it, it worked out well um, what what what's um, your definition of success these days, I and mean, what what do you consider a success? I mean, is it just being happy, or do anything commercially, or anything that you still have in mind? I think, well, I guess that's for me. It's about being able to make things in areas that are like a little bit new to us, but then still be able to do it at a work, be able to work really hard on those things and and do them at a high level. You know. I don't think we're, we're interested. We're not really interested in, okay, if we're going to do a documentary, we don't want to just hand that off to somebody and be like, oh, it's okay. Adam and I both really want to keep this very high level of involvement, which means that we have to work a lot more hour. You know, it's, it's not, there's a lot of time that it's not fun. So if you do it's a book, you, you do it. Doing, and if you do a right, film, you, do you really it, do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And with the book, we did that. And then with these events or live shows that we're doing, we really did, you know, we had to put in all those hours of rewriting stuff and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. How big are the locations that you that you're like doing the live shows in? They're all like theaters like between like 1500 and 3000 seat like beautiful like all in it seems to work best in these old like beautiful old theaters. I think and I think part of that is cuz as a band we were never able to play those places cuz they were too nice. <laughs> you couldn't destroy them. No, cuz people have to be able to jump around. Yeah, you couldn't yeah, exactly. They get damaged too easily. <laughs> okay. And it, but I mean, you're not thinking it from at, at no time were you thinking about it. Obviously, from a commercial angle, I mean, one would think, well, all well, these theaters are too small, only like two thousand people. That doesn't make sense. We are the Beastie Boys. We should feel like a stadium. Um, you not you don't look at things like that. You well, I think we just try, we we figured out that 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 it just feels right. What we're do it's more important than yeah, the shows sell out and they sell out quickly. But it it. It, this, what we're doing feels right in those rooms so that that has to be the priority or at least for us it's, that's the priority it's making something that really works and is really good instead of compromising that to sure you could compromise that and it'd be easier to make money but then you're compromising 
So that, that's that's something that's with you all these years, not compromising. I think as much about. I mean, well, obviously, there's times you do have to compromise. Whatever. What was the biggest but, compromise you did? But, mm, I don't think. I mean, I don't think there's like a single big one. It's just we. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe it's what maybe we didn't. Maybe it's just that I, we looked at it as more like there were opportunities, and we were happy to do take those opportunities, you know. But I guess compromise is like. I mean, as a band we liked playing to bigger audiences. We didn't feel like that was a compromise. It was more a matter of like, you look at that as, well, how do you make it work so that it's not like we're little ants and we're far away from the, you know, it was always about trying to do different things that make it more interesting and make it work for what it is. Anything that you wish you'd had at, at, at your heyday peak BC boys times from today's age, like social media platforms, obviously would have been nice to have them at the time, right? Yeah. I think like, you know, like to say, Print, you know, doing print was is a pain in the ass. That's why. That's why people don't. That's why print media has died. <laughs> There's a reason for it because it's. You know, I know people are like, oh, why is he? You know, but the reason I say that is it's you're having to spend a lot of effort to make something that, in most cases, doesn't last that long. And so the fact that now you can do that and you don't have to deal with the distribution and your distribution isn't a physical thing anymore and you're not having to even deal with the selling the ads whatever you know it, it all everything is kind of streamlined that way so you can really just have it be about what your expression is what you're talking about what you want to uh, discuss and have it be that you know that would have been that would have made our lives a lot easier <laughs> yeah and, and I feel <laughs> you know? like but, but that's how it is you know we didn't that technology it didn't exist those platforms didn't exist the technology didn't exist the means to do it did not exist there weren't that many people who had access to online nobody had smartphones you know but i feel like you'd been the perfect band for an instagram account for an instagram age i mean you'd probably be so creative with that platform and with that direct to consumer yeah. connection and It's 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 so sad that you like you are not in that right, in that right. area. Yeah, no, it's true. All right, we we were uh, we yeah we missed that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, any, any other uh, opportunities that you that you wish you'd had taken? And looking back, I mean, of course, there's collaborations because there's so many people. I feel like yeah, like things that didn't quite happen. Like you know, we were supposed to do something with Andre 3000 from Outcast, and then we never finished that, or something with. Uh, MIA that we did but never got finished or you know things like which I guess we could still finish both those things but you know what I mean things that didn't quite get finished those are the, those are kind of the things that that I guess you know I would like wish that we could have, that those we worked on they were like there never got all the way there okay, maybe last question what's your connection to Germany I mean you you come here to Berlin But you're not you're not performing in Berlin, right? No, we're not doing the show. So Mercedes, here. obviously, is some kind of connection. But anything, I mean, the fans yeah. that you have here, obviously, mm -hmm. a connection. But well, and just also the book, I think you know, is important to. Remember, this is a place where I think there's a, I guess there's an audience for the book and yeah, there's tons of Beastie to, Boys fans here. Yeah, they they want to see you. about it, right? So you should you should come up with something. I mean, people want to see you. Oh, we can come back and do the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who do I have to talk to? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that you're like came always from the political left side. I mean, you're like mm -hmm. punk roots, and 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 now um, things are going in a completely different direction in, in the U.S. Especially, I mean, and, and you are still perceived as so true and so honest as as, as the icons that you are. Um, don't don't you like sometimes feel the urge to like do something and speak out and like, take a position? And, yeah, definitely, it's frustrating. I mean, I think for for Adam and myself, like we never saw. 
we 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 never would have imagined. You know, we looked at it like things like our whole lives from being kids to adults that it was always this progression of people of as just as people being that we'd get more progress more progressive, right? And we would have better education, better opportunities for people, and uh, and really being able to like treat all people truly as equals and really having equal opportunity for everybody. And it's crazy that to see some of those things, you know, I think, I mean, I think there's two directions at it, right? There's part of, in certain ways, you have like all the stuff where it seems like, oh, we're going backwards on the environment. We're going backwards uh, in terms of actually being able to have opportunity for everybody equally. And now it's more about opportunity only for a, a very small, wealthy percentage of the population. But I also think then there's, there's like kind of like the underground, the punk rock reaction to that stuff at the same time where I think you're actually, you're going to have great strides in terms of, you know, true equality for women, true, um, just equality for everyone. But, but I've never, I don't think Adam or I never would have foreseen, you know, we always saw it as sort of like progressing and never would have seen it taking two steps backwards, which it definitely has. And then you feel like you want to be be involved, and you want to like uh, I don't know, like use your recognition and then your reach, and then is, is that something that you think about at all? Like, or maybe your influence? I mean, if I a little your... bit. I mean, I, I'm I think I'm careful because I want to be, you know, I have to be, I have to be uh, realistic about who I am as a human, and I'm flawed. You know, I'm I'm a flawed human, just like everybody is. And then I also, at the same time. What what are my qualifications, right? You know, so but but at the same time, we also do really have heartfelt opinions about stuff, and so when things are really coming out of balance, I think it, it is important for us to use our platform we get to be able to do creative things and say things. I mean, and the one thing that you have is, I think, is trust. I mean, since the BC Boy is such a, I mean, you never really sold out. I mean, I think. Especially, I mean, at least here in Germany, the perception is still like a very true and and real band that never like overdid it and that that i mean people i think trust that you are true to your ideals or to your roots and and that that's something that's really valuable i think that you could leverage with the message but um all right well well thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah yeah i don't know I, I, that's just my feeling and i was wondering if you feel, if you feel like mm -hmm. the urge of, of i don't know just getting involved and and and, 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 and I mean, I see like how people look up to you. I saw you on, on Jimmy Fallon on the show when you, mm -hmm. I don't know, was that a couple of months ago when you won the Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, no, no, not even. I was a f like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Jimmy Fallon seems to be your biggest fan. I mean, that's what he said. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, he says it to a lot of people, but it was like, you could feel it that, that there's so many people like that influence the world today and they are like looking back and then like got influenced themselves by what you did. And so I think there's power. There's, you have a lot of leverage and then a lot of people trust what you do and what you did and so I think you should use that mm -hmm. I don't know just right. <laughs> closing closing statement okay. from, my, from my side Cl closing yeah <laughs> okay um, so maybe we'll see you again in Germany at some uh, point yeah for sure for for music or for for book reading music or, or for a show book reading or show or, or for a movie maybe at some who point. knows we don't know what it is yeah uh, uh, film premiere Okay, and you open big, for business. Big premiere. And yeah. You open for, if the right brand comes along, you open. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for doing this. All right. Thank cool. you. Thank you, guys. <laughs>